do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hands. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work For Him Zone. I hope you're never the same. As it is every Friday, we have the I Work For Him Radio Roundtable. We invite you to share with us and the rest of the listening audience how God is working in your life, in your workplace, the difference that Jesus is making in your life, in your workplace, and how you're making an impact for Him. Maybe it's a question about, how do I get this I Work For Him thing to work in my workplace? Maybe it's, hey, I tried this and this is what happened. Maybe I need some other ideas. I don't know what it is, but we'd love to hear from you, our listeners, on how God's making an impact on you and your work life. We've got a verse provided to us by Maribel, our incredible assistant. (laughs) See what kind of love the Father has given us, that we should be called the children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. You know, we've got to recognize the fact that God has made a huge impact on our lives through what Jesus Christ did on this earth, dying on the cross, rising from the dead, and allowing us to have an intimate relationship with our Heavenly Father. And it impacts every day in our workplace. And we'd like to welcome to I Work For Him Radio Roundtable here live in Tampa Bay, Greg Vorbeck. Greg, welcome to I Work For Him. Hey, I'm so glad to be here. And uh, hello, Jim. And hello, Martha. That's right. You just heard the voice of a radio king. Oh, he hasn't gotten his kingship yet. Here's a guy I met. <laughs> I, I, I met just, well, the first time we met, you were in a movie line about a year ago. I think we we're, I don't remember what movie we were all going to see, but you were, you probably don't even remember right. that. Old fashioned. Oh, it was old fashioned. Yeah. yeah. See? In, f- in fact, that was 
What day was it? Was that? I don't know. It was, was that Valentine's, Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. That's right. Yeah, it was yeah. February So earlier 14th. this year, that's the first time we met. But Greg's got this voice. He's been given by God. That's so incredible. And when he said he'd always been told by people that he should be on radio, yet he's never been on radio. I thought. Not until Friday. You're going to come on air with us on Friday. (laughs) So when we come back from the break, we're going to talk with Greg about how God's working in his life, how this show has impacted him, and also a little bit about his personal testimony, where he's at right now in his faith. But we'll do that right after the break. Martha, we had a pretty incredible week of shows this week. We had some really great guests. Yes, we did. It was a great week full of... um Lots of encouragement with a lot of great leaders in our that are doing ministry all over. Well, speaking of it, it was uh, right on Monday. It was Don Hawkins with Encouragement Incorporated. Uh, he is in charge of the worship channel and wrote a book, Overworked, How to Avoid Stress in the Workplace. And that was a great conversation. We literally could have talked about that for the entire week. Because I, we experience stress. Nobody knows what stress is. But Tuesday, they we got calls from people from around the country that Tuesday's show was the best show that Martha and I ever had. Well, it certainly is a fun one, and I think it really resonated with a lot of people. We were talking about men are like waffles and women are like spaghetti. Kind of um, makes you hungry, it? does it? make you hungry. And then it also For just completely one? makes sense. That's right. It does completely make sense. So if these are shows that you listen to this week and you've got comments, you've got questions about them, call into the studio line, 877-943-9673, 877-943-9673. You're going to get our take on them, and as well as the show with Chuck, Chuck Proudfit from At Work on Purpose in Cincinnati, as you heard that over 5,000 people are being impacted by this ministry that involves every culture every church and every neighborhood in Cincinnati. And yesterday, Jeff Ruby and I from redrockleadership.com talked about the difference between a leader and a manager and how a lot of the small businesses here in Tampa Bay need both. And just what a great conversation that was. So how's the show making an impact on your life? What'd you learn this week that was new and improved to your Christ following walk? Uh, call the studio line now, 877-943-9673, 877-943-9673. We want to hear from you. How are we going to take this city for Jesus Christ? What are you doing to get involved in impacting your workplace for Christ? Okay, so let's get to the conversation we want to have with Greg Vorbeck. Greg Vorbeck is a 2020 radio star. And he's getting his launch today in radio on our show. God gave him a radio voice, but nobody's ever found him, discovered him. That's not why he's on the show today. Really, he's become a friend, and he is engaged to another friend of ours. And Greg's got a great testimony I want you to hear, and a story of where God's got him in this little rub spot right now. And I wanted him just to share it, because it's a story that goes gets repeated across Tampa Bay each and every day. And Greg represents that group. Greg, welcome back to I Work For Him. Well, again, uh, thank you, Jim. Thank you, uh, Martha, for this uh, great opportunity. You know, a lot of times when you talk about um, uh, testimonies, a lot of people are looking for the big wow and the big pizzazz, but everyone has a a unique story in their life and how uh, God has uh, breathed upon them and willed them to him. It's all the work by the Holy Spirit. So I was a young lad, about 11 years old, and grew up in a Midwestern uh, you know, city. Just Which part out, of Midwest? Well, just outside of Detroit. That's, and, uh, I don't know. Is that Midwest? Yeah. Well, I'll give it to yes. you. I'll give it to you today. Okay. <laughs> All right. 
It certainly isn't the East Coast. And no. Not, uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's not, not quite I Canada. I always thought Minnesota was the mid of the West. Okay. All it right. might be. It could be. I'm sorry, Greg. Okay. I, I apologize. All right. I get but distracted. So many of us who've been uh, saved uh, owe a great uh, debt to our parents, to our mm, mother, and to, uh, to our father. But I was in a, a split household where uh, dad was uh, not saved and, and mom was. So it was what we call an unequally yoked uh, marriage. Love them both, of course. But I was there in church uh, every Sunday only because of mom. And so dad uh, wasn't involved. But, you know, thank the uh, Lord uh, for my mother's perseverance and, and dragging us kids uh, kicking and screaming to church. But it was there that that, uh, that pastor on that particular uh, day, and I remember it is September the 24th, and I'm not going to give you the year, <laughs> but uh, it was way back when as a young lad, as an 11-year-old, that uh, Christ said, look, uh, you've got to uh, have a Savior. You need to be saved. You need to be born again. You need to have your destiny. However, that really meant to me. I knew that the future had to be settled with uh, the Lord God. So I walked the aisle, mm. as they said. And, awesome. uh, and kind of in, in a way, we've uh, used it as a cliche, but uh, we're all dead men walking mm. until we get saved uh, by uh, the Lord, until we put our faith and trust in him. Uh, we really are at that point. So as a, an 11-year-old, I began to learn uh, the the basic concepts and a little bit of uh, doctrine in Sunday school. And, uh, and I grew my uh, life uh, through high school going to youth groups. But it wasn't until um, I answered a calling early in my life, and I call it a past life, not in reincarnation, but in former years, that uh, I became a police officer. I became a, a, um, what do they call a a new centurion, uh, a guardian. And in fact, the Bible talks about police officers. uh, I believe it's in Romans uh, 13. And in fact, it's the Phillips translation and the living a paraphrase of the Bible that actually uses the word police officer. Ah, cool. Actually, I didn't know that. I yes. don't think I've read the Phillips edition and I haven't read the New Living. I haven't read the New Living. Yes, I have the New Living translation. Yeah, I have, but I just don't remember. uses that. the word police officer huh, cool. in that he is a minister of God unto citizens and he bears not the sword in vain. Or at that time, when I was patrolling the streets, uh, his 357 in vain. So where were you a police officer? In Medford, Oregon, on the West Coast. Way out west, Medford, Oregon. Okay, so wow. How'd you get from Detroit to, to Oregon? Well, Had to have been a woman involved. Oh, yeah, yeah. There, there always is. And uh, that... Uh, Brought me out there to uh, Oregon on the West Coast. Went to school there. Went to police academy. Mm. And uh, was began... it just like the movie? In uh... the police academy? No, no goodness <laughs> gracious! No <laughs> okay, way. Just checking. No way. All right, Greg, back to you. So you're a police officer in Oregon. You you got to police academy. You got to be a police officer. Did you ever have any really cool? As a police officer, you got it's today. It's a very stressful job, very intense job, a, a, a real lack of support, really, from the top government officials supporting our police officers who have such a tough job today. Do you ever have any really cool events happen in your life when you're a police officer? Yeah, there's uh, many, many, many. I could tell stories, and uh, they're uh, they're all meaningful to me. Could be boring to a lot of folks, but. You know, one time I got to meet a very, very important individual in 1984. I had the privilege, and I think it was God-ordained because it was just a small group of us who had the chance to meet on a campaign stop heading from San Francisco to Portland, Oregon. The natural stopping-off point, the halfway point, was Medford, Oregon. 
and Ronald Reagan flew in and did a tarmac speech in that small little tiny airport in Medford, Oregon, on Air Force One. The runway obviously was big enough to land that plane. He got out and made a stump speech on his re-election for his second term. Well, that was um, miraculous enough to, to, to hear him speak, but after it was all over and everyone dispersed, a crowd of about 5,000, the White House police, along with Secret Service, they came out to a small group of us police officers and said, would you like to meet the president? Well, good golly, sure we would. And, <laughs> and so we had to uh, disrobe of our weapons and, and uh, make sure that we weren't carrying anything that uh, could be of a detriment uh, or harm uh, to the president. And we were walked up inside of Air Force One and asked to wait for a few minutes. And then he, there he was, Ronald Reagan. So he, uh, he met us, encouraged us, told us how much he believed in law enforcement. And I got to ask him this question. I said, what inspires you? What gives you uh, the ability to do what you do? And he said, it's my faith in Christ. Jesus Christ is my Savior mm. who leads me in all the decisions I do, even as president. And we Amen. still praise the Lord for Ronald Reagan and the impact he made on our country. What a great leader he was. We can only hope that we can elect a leader like him again in 2016, one that loves and respects our Lord and Savior and really wants to serve the people instead of serving himself. All right, so we're talking today, uh, Martha and I, about the shows this week, but we invited in a, a new friend of ours this year, 2015, Greg Vorbeck. He's shared a little bit of his testimony, and the reason I wanted to bring him on the air is people have been telling him all his life that he had a radio voice, but he's not. Greg, you've never been on radio before, right? I've done voiceovers, and I've uh, provided narration for church, of course, and uh, things that that serve the Lord, but a full-time radio stint, no, I haven't. You ever been on live radio then? No, this is the first time here. Can you imagine? This guy with this voice, never been on live radio. So, Greg, what I wanted, right now you're at one of those in-between spots in your life where the Lord often uses those desert experiences to shape us and take us from who we are to who we can use more effectively. And sometimes those spots are a little painful. Talk about the painful spot you're in right now. Well, it's uh, it's experienced by so many in Tampa Bay. It's simply called unemployment. It's called uh, you know hitting a, a dry time and and knowing that uh, expenses are on the horizon and uh, putting your faith uh, into practice by saying, hey, look, I'm going to trust him. I'm going to work for him, even though I'm not technically working. I'm still working for him. We're always working for him oh, in yeah. some capacity, in some mode. And so, while so what I'm, you're uh, saying is, I work for him. I do work for him, and uh, I'm going to be working for him and uh, looking for a, uh, a position that uh, is going to take my personality, my talents, my giftings that God has given me and put them into the best use so I'm the most effective uh, for him all the time. So you've got experience over a dozen years in the mortgage industry. You've got years in uh, police officer work and private detective work, but that's not where you're looking to go back in the private detective world. You said that was really hard in your family. Well, it was uh, because uh, the stress, as you can imagine, is unbelievable. And back then, it was more of a black and white world. Today, we're in such a, a dichotomy of what uh, wrong has now become right, mm-hmm. and right has become wrong, and it even affects uh, all of us. You know, the political correct system, where changes in everything has to be relevant, everything has to be equal, and that's just an excuse uh, to call sin acceptable. 
Mm. Uh, and well, if you call everything okay, then there's no guilt. And as long as there's no guilt, then you don't have to feel bad. And as long as you don't recognize that there's a God, then there's no guilt because there's no right or wrong. And then you could just free for all. When Jim, you know, when uh, abortion becomes pro-choice and and uh, homosexuality becomes an alternative lifestyle, uh, when uh, prostitution is called, uh, you know, sexual employment, when terrorists are called uh, simply extremist and uh, not terrorist, and when prayer becomes moments of silence, mm-hmm. and uh, when Christmas is happy holidays, when those uh, connotations take hold and people uh, begin to get brainwashed and use those terms, then everything becomes acceptable. You can't talk against anything. And that's what the whole PC movement is about. Well, we try never to go political on the show, so I'll, I'll resist commenting on those things. But I agree. We we uh, And we only do that because I'm not mature enough to handle the political soapbox. But it is true. The, the good news about all of this is that God loves sinners. He yes. loves sinners so much that he sent his son Jesus for us sinners to die for us so that we could have a relationship with him. And that's the really, that's the tough part that Christ followers have had a really hard time identifying with is the fact that we often end up judging people because they're sinning and that their lifestyles reflect the sin in their life. When honestly, of course it does. I mean, I don't know why it is that Christ followers expect sinners to act like Christians. It doesn't work that way. Our culture used to be really impacted by the Christ followers, but Christ followers stopped impacting the culture. And so we lost that battle, but we haven't lost the war. But again, that's another show for another time because I'm going to step back off that. Jose should have thrown something at me and said, step back off the soapbox. All right, let's talk about <laughs> some of the impactful conversations this week. Hey, if you want to get hold of Greg, maybe you've got a, a, a great... Well, just describe, Greg, really quickly for the audience. What kind of a position do you think fits you best? Sales position, management position, uh, a uh, a position that is a, a representative for somebody making them look good, but maybe it's not sales and it's not management. What do you think fits you best? Well, I love to talk to people, and I love to um, use enthusiasm about uh, things uh, in life. Could be a product, uh, could be just talking about or being a representative uh, for things, uh, to be an ambassador for someone, and that is a representative. So it could involve uh, direct sales. It could be uh, behind the scenes. It could be support. It could be using uh, my voice. It could be something that uh, people uh, need to hear, and they want to use me as a conduit uh, to do that. I like that. It just made, I, I just want to listen to him talk. That's just cool. <laughs> I never had a cool voice. I have an annoying voice, but you're listening to me, so we're great. And it really, you're not listening to me. You're listening to see what the Lord is doing in our lives. And, and Martha and I try to always be transparent with the listening audience. Just let them know, hey, here's what's going on. Because we kind of, we trudge through the I work for him process every day. And I, I, even yesterday, I screwed up just overreacting to a comment that was made to me. And, you know, the good news is that we can ask for forgiveness and, and move on the next day. And that's the beautiful part of, of living I work for him. Martha, when we look back at the shows this week, we started off with Don Hawkins from Encouragement Incorporated. He runs the Worship Channel online, and he wrote this book a lot of years back. It really what was funny. It wrote, he wrote it almost 20 years ago, and it was mm. all about being overworked, eliminating, recognizing that there's good stress and bad stress, and that... Um, but it was stress in the workplace. I don't know. What did, when you, did you get a chance to listen to much of that interview? 
Okay, okay. <laughs> but do you know what it's like to have stress in your workplace? I do, I do. I, I, you know, I always have the show on at my desk, and it, it never fails that either like a really important call I've been waiting all day. Everybody that's listening can relate, you know. Because stop calling my wife at three. No, that's not what I mean. But I mean they're dealing with the same thing too. But the beautiful thing is you can go back and listen to them later, and I often do because I'm posting them onto the website later in the evening. So. But yes, um, stress is something we can all relate to. And I was just thinking 20 years ago when he wrote it was when they finally realized that we weren't going to be working less because of computers. Because <laughs> yeah. 35 years ago, they thought we were all going to work less. I can remember a presentation in the early 70s when they, they, were, they were bringing up video phones. They said, listen, we're going to have video phones where you can be able to see people and talk to them on the phone. And people were kind of freaked out by that. Well, they were, because they were like, what if I, I don't have my clothes that. on when yeah. somebody calls? Well, like, the good news is you don't have to accept a video call when your people are FaceTiming you. But it took it took 35 years for that to really happen. But but I also remember, in the, I became a computer programmer in the late 70s in high school. And they kept saying, listen, computers are going to solve so many problems. We are going to be down to working 15 hours a week. Because they're going to solve so many of our issues. Yeah, right. And, and how did that work for you, Greg? Uh, 15 hours a week, that would be just the first day of the week. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. Say, yeah, that's about right. That's Monday. What computers yeah. allowed us to do was cram way more garbage into our lives, and we stopped, we focus now more on machine than we do on relationships. I was sitting at a meeting the other day, and I had four people in the room, me being one of them, and the other three were all on their phones. And I looked at them and I'm like, this is ridiculous. Put your phones down. <laughs> All right. So, what, Greg, did you get just listen to the to the interview with Don Hawkins talking about overwork being stress in a workplace? Did you catch any of that one? Yeah, I did. Uh, I was just struck by uh, the fact that, uh, you know, stress um, can short circuit you. It can uh, cause all sorts of uh, problems, uh, not only in the workplace, but what happens if somebody has uh, a large amount of stress in their home life and then they go and have stress at the work life? And the, and it really isn't separated, maybe other than just a drive home where they can try to decompress, but they go from one to the other, back and forth, back and forth. That is, uh, it's unimaginable what kind of stress that person would be going through. The good news was that Don talked about the fact that there are two types of stress, good stress and bad stress. And God created stress. That's what causes us to work. He created stress in the garden, it was, It was. hey, this is your responsibility, and that stress in our lives causes us to respond to that responsibility. And But the bottom line to the stressing was, we've got choices on how we, re- how we respond to stress. Overeating doesn't solve stress. Overworking doesn't solve stress. Getting very little sleep doesn't solve stress. Uh, it, but stress can destroy our relationships. It can destroy our health. It can really destroy our relationship with the Lord. If we're just so stressed, we're never thinking about Him. The best thing you can ever do is take that first hour of the day with the Lord before you start anything, and you will find time to get everything done during the day. All right, so we're talking today. We've got Greg Vorbeck joining us in the studio today with Martha and I as we kind of rehash through the shows. Martha, on Tuesday, we took a, uh, a book was written many years ago by Bill and Pam Farrell called Men Are Like Waffles, Women Are Like Spaghetti. That's right. And uh, we got a call from your dad at the end of the day going, that was the best show you guys have ever done together. And it was fun just because we were able to talk about ourselves because we're so different. 
men are like waffles, which are sweet and squishy and full of all kinds of ooey goodness. I don't and think that's like, what I was talking oh, no, about. Wasn't, oh, okay. Waffles have little boxes. Yeah, compartmentalization versus intertwinedness craziness. You know, I don't think we talked about the fact that those little boxes men think need to all be filled with syrup. They do. What good is a waffle if the whole thing's not covered in syrup nice and evenly? Or like if pool. it's a homemade waffle, as we talked about it on the show, did. it's covered with butter and then powdered sugar goodness. Each one filled to the top with powdered sugar goodness and butter. Greg, how do you eat your waffles, sir? Uh, whipped cream and strawberries. <laughs> Total decadence. You know, I, and, and women are like, well, I just take a little, a little butter and just a little syrup. I just have it just perfect. Okay, you do that too well. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Jose. I might have to cut your mic off. <laughs> okay, let's keep in mind who's... A, okay, no, I can't say that to him. He can control the microphone. He can. Right, but, but seriously, Martha, you're always watching. Well, I don't want to have too much. No, just, you dip it in the syrup so you just get a little bit. It doesn't little have to th- soak right, so, okay. it. But that's so not anyway, what the conversation waffles, was about. It wasn't about food. It was about the fact boxes. that God created us so differently, but in his image, he created us male and female he created us in his image men with the ability to just compartmentalize everything and not relate anything and sometimes even have an empty box where women everything is connected give an example of connectedness moment you had in the last 24 hours martha oh my goodness oh well we said something in the car on the way over here we were talking about somebody and i'm like oh speaking of that and i thought of something completely which seemed random, but I was able to connect it because you had said something, and I can't remember what the specifics are now, but you had said something that reminded me of somebody, and then that reminded me of something. And I'm like, okay, here's my circle or well, my spaghetti bowl. That's right. And, and that's really when you picture a bowl of spaghetti, you can see how a woman's her thought patterns are connected versus a man. Literally, we can we can just, you know, our leg can be blown off and we can still be, you know, having a cup of coffee because we can compartmentalize even our pain for a certain period of time. Mm. All right, so that Monday, stress. Tuesday, men are like waffles, women are like spaghetti. Wednesday, I got to have this really cool conversation. You guys didn't get to be here, but I got to talk with Chuck Proudfit from Cincinnati about this ministry, and I was just enamored with it, about this ministry that is impacting over 5,000 people in Cincinnati that involved every one of their neighborhoods in Cincinnati, 52 neighborhoods, which they said that's not just a city block, that's neighborhoods of city blocks, and People from every walk of life, every church denomination, and every culture culture or cultural reference different. You know, I mean, everybody from different cultures is involved. And they're discipling people at all levels of society. And it is a, a just a citywide effort. I was inspired. Chuck said they've written a book. I didn't get to tell you this yet, Martha. He's written a book on how to do this, and he's sending it to me so I can read it and we can talk about it so we can do it here in Tampa Bay. Fabulous. Because wow. they've got ministry. All these ministries are working together. And, and one of the things we talked about in there is that there's a lot of fantastic ministries, Greg, right here in Tampa Bay. C12, Truth at Work, uh, CBMC, Halftime, going on and on and on. All these great ministries that are workplace-related, and then all these great churches that have great ministries but none of them or very few of them are working together. And that's what they've succeeded on in Cincinnati. And I'm excited to get the book so we can talk about it some more. Yeah, it's a real inspiration and encouragement to hear that that can be done and that God's using that in just such amazing ways and at such great level.
It, it was it was really encouraging. Did you get a chance to listen to that one, Greg? Yeah, I found his name uh, very unique. Uh, talking about what he was uh, presenting, a in, is that his real last Proudfit name? Proudfit is I his mean, last what name. A, what a, can you imagine that? Yeah, getting two entities together and making it a proud fit. Yeah, no, I, I thought it was great. You know, what I loved about his story was the fact that right out of Harvard, he was hired by Procter and Gamble, and he was put in charge of toilet paper, and he was put in charge of a project to eliminate. The, they had too much toilet paper on the roll, but they wanted the rolls to be the same size. So, how to make it look like more, but have it be less? That's what Procter and Gamble hired him for. I you didn't even know there were jobs like that out no, there, there, did no, you? No, and I wouldn't want one either. But in that job, he realized the the uselessness of that life and found Christ over a 10-year mm. search of all the religions found Christ in his own research. But it, I just am excited about the fact that Cincinnati is an example for every city across the nation that it can be done. Churches mm-hmm. can work together. De- denominations can work together. Cultures can work together. Enough of this, enough that some lives matter over other lives. We all matter. Jesus created us all. When Noah got on the ark with his wife, Joan, all the cultures were represented. Ba-dum-ching. Not ba-dum-ching. <laughs> they were all represented. Black, Chinese, uh, white people, they were all, it was all intermixed because the women that Noah's spouses married or Noah's, Noah's sons, sons married, mm-hmm. represented all the cultures. That's how we got them all. They've worked together. We can do this. Hey, today's Friday the 13th. Let me just tell you, Friday the 13th are the best days in my life because it was Friday the 13th, July 1979, that I gave my life to Christ and committed to full-time Christian ministry, wow. which related to where we are today, Martha. We were there that day. We shared that day three years before we ever met. That's right. And uh, we, you know, we, that's the other date we don't know is when we figured that out. But we were in discussion and realized that we had both been at the same event, hearing the same messages, and both saying, Lord, we want to be used in full time ministry for you. And little did we understand then what we understand now that our workplace is our mission field. And yeah, so we thought we were going to be a ministry, paid we ministry really did, at church, you know, and or in some some form of that. But it's not a, a sacred calling, but a secular calling for us. So Friday the thirteenth are the best day, and the Lord has domain over every day. But this one is one of the most fantastic days. Friday the thirteenth. Every time there's a Friday the thirteenth, I'm reminded of how remarkable the Lord is and how He rescued me from my sinful life. I am so grateful. So Greg, you didn't know that one was coming. <laughs> All right. So we, you know, I talked about on Tuesday's show next week, together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha, we're talking about contentment. Mm -hmm. And on that show, we are going to solve the problem of what you buy for your children for Christmas. Mm. Don't miss that one. There are four things you're going to buy your kids for Christmas. Don't miss that show. Contentment. That's something we all need. Hey, great show today. Greg, thanks for joining us today on air. It was a oh, great... my pleasure. Thank you so much, both you we and We might Martha. have to do this again. We really might. He, what a great boy. He could just do the show. All right, boy, boy, just a great show today, Martha. As we recap this week, just a lot of fun. God's really doing some incredible things, including in Cincinnati. Love to hear about that. Thanks so much to Jose Cruz for doing a great job today, taking all those phone calls, keeping us on time. Thanks to our show sponsors, Most Insurance, Bel Air Wealth Management, and of course, servicesbytrust.com. When you go home tonight, would you just 
take a moment, go to iWorkForHim.com and click on the I Work For Him Nation tab and make that commitment to start praying for your coworkers and employees by name each and every day. To start looking for ways to serve them, look for ways to befriend them outside of the workplace. So you've got the opportunity to look for ways to pray with them, but all along being a person of excellence in your workplace, the best employee, because Christ is living in you. This is how we're going to take the city for Jesus Christ by being a great example. You know, we learned today that our faith is impacting our workplace just by going to our workplace. You know, Greg just shared how in, in one of his jobs as a police officer, he got to meet Ronald Reagan and hear from Ronald Reagan's lips that what the inspiration behind his incredible leadership of our country and really the globe at that time was his faith in Jesus Christ and what a great example he was. But each one of us has that same opportunity. No, none of us are the president of the United States because I doubt he's listening. But each one of us has the opportunity to impact our workplace. We have the opportunity to take Jesus with us to our workplaces. Really, you don't have a choice. If you're a Christ follower, he's coming with you, but it's your choice on are you going to let him, let him live through you and impact those you work with, work alongside each and every day. Take the I Work For Him Nation challenge tonight. You've been listening to the I Work For Him Radio Roundtable with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers and we own our own business, but ultimately, ultimately, I, I work, work for, for him. him.